Good morning. We're glad that you're here for worship. We want you to feel like we're in a secure place, a warm place, a healthy place, and all of those things as we bring ourselves to the point where we can lay aside the things outside this building for a few minutes and think about our relationship with the Lord and with one another. If you are visiting with us, we ask that you take the cards that you will find in front of you in the pew and fill this out, <clears throat> share a little information about yourself, turn it in when the offering time comes, and it will give us a chance to identify with you and contact you and see the things that we can share together <clears throat> and encourage you to come back and worship with us again. If you are a member, it's also a good opportunity for you to share prayer requests with the staff so that we can know what's going on in your life, be a part of it in prayer. Today's worship is about how God how Jesus identified himself with the Father, first of all, and then went forward to do his ministry. That's what we need to do too. We need to identify ourselves with the Father find out what we're in tune with, change the things that we're not in tune with, and move forward in our ministry also. That's what we are about today. Please join in worship and singing and praying and listening and leaving with purpose. Find my wandering heart to thee. 
prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to lead the God I love. Is my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Our God, this morning we come together here because we want to give to one another and to receive from one another. And because we want to give to you and receive from you. Teach us again to walk with each other accept our worship offerings, welcome us as your children, and call us again to your mission. In Christ's name, amen. Baptized in water, sealed by the Spirit, cleansed by the blood of Christ our King. Heirs of salvation, trusting his promise, faithful in our God, praises Baptized in water, sealed by the Spirit, dead in the tomb with Christ our King. What with His rising, freed and forgiven, thankful enough, God's praises we Baptized in water, sealed by the Spirit, marked with the sign of Christ our King. Born of one Father, we are His children, joyfully now God's praise. all the boys and girls come and join me down here on the front.
Good morning. I know that some of you were already in here earlier this morning and you were looking at this um, tub of water that we have here and asking what in the world were we going to do with this. So we want all of you to get where you can be around the tub of water and look at it. And actually that's one over there too if you were wondering. What we are, what want you to do now is we want you to be able to touch the water so it's okay for this time to put your hands in the water and get your fingers wet and maybe your hands, not your shirt sleeves, yes, and then you can dry your hands if you want to or not. Um, what we are having this experience with water today is to remind us of our baptism. For the, those of us, of you who've been baptized, several of you, as I look around the group, I, I remember you're being baptized, and some of you I know are planning to be baptized, and all of us at one point will likely be baptized. Let's take our hands out of the water now. When we do baptism at Calvary, what are some of the things that you remember that we do? Who remembers some stuff? What do we do when we are baptized? What are some of our um, ways we do it? Yeah, we go up there. We go up there to get to be close to the water so we can look and see exactly what's happening. We, that's right. We go down in the water. That's right. And we sing, but we don't usually get to touch the water, right? But we do get to touch it today. People all over the world are talking about baptism today, and they are reliving and experiencing their baptism, and that's what we want to do, whether you've already been baptized or whether you're looking forward to being baptized in the future. And when we're baptized, we know that we are following what Jesus did. Jesus was baptized, and so were we. You know, there is a story at the beginning of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about Jesus' baptisms. All four of the Gospels thought it was that important that they wanted to begin by talking about Jesus' baptism. But Jesus wasn't baptized in a baptistry like we are. Do you know where Jesus was baptized? In the river. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. And I bet there was kind of a splash, don't you think? You think we should make a splash to represent that? Go for it. Okay, oh, there we go. That was great. That was so great. Return of the towels. <laughs> More towels. So there was a big splash. Jesus comes up out of the water, and at that moment, do you all know what happened next? What happened after the splash? Everyone got all wet? I bet some people got wet. I bet Jesus got really wet. Do you know what happened next? There was a voice from heaven. And Jesus saw the Spirit of God coming down on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, Jesus, this is my son. Jesus is my son, and I love him. With him, I am well pleased. And so as we have felt the water today, we want you to imagine what it must have been like for Jesus to be baptized that day, to remember your own baptism and to think about what it might be like for you to choose to be baptized one day. Okay. As we go back to our seats, and Mary Alice will give us some other things that we can do in a little bit, we're going to sing the song that we normally sing when we uh, go up for baptism. You love this song. I do too. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Come, children. Come, children, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, 
children, let's go down, down to the river to So the invitation to the water today isn't just for the children, although it was very fun to make that splash, uh, but it's for all of us. You know, every time I step foot in the baptistry, I am immediately taken back to Sand Spring Baptist Church in Kentucky in my own baptism. And I think it's that tactile experience of feeling the water and the robe and the baptistry floor against my feet that immediately takes me back to that moment and all that it has meant in my life. And so we want to invite all of us into a time of reflection today. And as part of that, you are welcome to come forward to the water if you would like. The water may remind you of your own baptism and what that experience has meant to you. It may remind you that you one day hope to be baptized. Um, it may remind you of of some way in which you need to come to God in repentance or to get right with God today. It may remind you of God's grace, that we come to him time and time again, but that he continues to wash us clean and to make us new. And so we hope that you'll use this time and space in whatever ways that you need today to center yourself, to quiet your mind, and to come and listen to God today.
A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Spirit,
heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, raise Holy Spirit, rain down in this place today. Oh, comforter and friend, how we need your touch again. Let your power fall, let your voice be heard. Come and change our lives as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain down so that the words in my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together in this room might be found pleasing to you. Oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The book, The Help by Catherine Stockett tells the story of black maids working in white households in Jackson, Mississippi in the 1960s. One of the main characters, Abilene, is raising her 17th child for a white family. Every day she takes the bus early in the morning and walks several blocks to the Leifolt household where she cares for their toddler, Mae Mobley. Abilene works six days a week for Mrs. Leifolt, making 95 cents an hour. And despite the cruel way Mrs. Leifolt treats Abilene, Abilene loves her daughter as her own. The most memorable words from the book are the words Abilene says to Mae Mobley over and over again. Say them with me if you know them. You is kind, you is smart, you is important. You is kind, you is smart, you is important. Abilene knows that the words May Mobley hears about herself matter. They will impact what she believes about herself and who she will become. Although Abilene also knows that there will come a day, just like there did with all of the other children that she helped to raise, when May Mobley will begin to believe the lie that the maid who raised her is actually less than she is simply because of the color of her skin. Yet, despite this oppressive environment in which she finds herself, Abilene continues to repeat these powerful words to this child, hoping they will sink into her soul. You is kind, you is smart, you is important. We hear powerful words spoken over Jesus at his baptism in today's text, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Words about who he is and who he will become. 
Now, biblical scholars have lots of theories about why Jesus was baptized. Unlike us, Jesus had no need for repentance. Just verses earlier in Matthew 3, 6, we read that people were coming to be baptized, confessing their sins. And then John says in verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. So according to Matthew, an important part of baptism was to provide an occasion for people to confess their sins and to get right with God. But that wasn't the case for Jesus. So why be baptized? Something else must have been significant enough about baptism for Jesus to be baptized anyway. Enough for all four gospel writers to acknowledge it. And in three of the gospel narratives, Jesus' baptism is accompanied by a message. A voice from heaven that says, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Perhaps one of the most important things that happens at Jesus' baptism is that God identifies Jesus as his son, the one whom he loves. And, and notice that the text doesn't say that Jesus just shakes his head in embarrassment or that he does anything to try to deflect any attention or just shrug it off. Oh no, not me, God. You know, we aren't given any other information in any of the Gospels, so it only makes sense to me to believe that Jesus freely receives these words from God. Before any of Jesus' public ministry, before any of the work he does to fulfill God's mission in the world, he must fully receive and claim his identity as God's beloved. And so at his baptism, the beloved Son of God simply allows himself to be loved. And the same is true for you and me, too. We cannot fully live into God's mission in the world without first living into our identity as beloved children of God. But the reality is that we are so bad at truly believing that about ourselves. We're so bad at allowing ourselves to be loved. Nadia Boltz Weber tells the story about the painful awkwardness of acknowledging God's love for us. She says, I once went to a Catholic retreat house outside of town for spiritual direction with a tiny little nun named Sister Eileen. I remember thinking it was an absurd idea to take spiritual direction from someone I just met because, you know, I'm complicated, way too complex for someone to get me in an hour-long meeting. Ends up I was right, it didn't take an hour for her to get me. It took like five minutes for her to get me. See, I was hoping she would give me work to do. Instead, she just looked me in the eye and said, Nadia, I don't think you should do anything while you are here. I want you to walk in the knowledge that God loves you totally apart from anything you do or don't do. And she said, I thought, man, that sounds awful. <laughs> and I was right, because seriously, as soon as I tried, I just started crying. For some reason, there was something so painful for me about the idea of being loved completely apart from what I do or do not do. It's perhaps all we really want in life. And yet the prospect of it stung 
and I'm not even sure why. Maybe because it only highlighted how much being loved, apart from what we do or don't do, is something we so rarely ever encounter. The Greek word for beloved, agapetos, means divinely loved, loved by God. And we see it used all throughout Scripture to refer to God's people. It's often used as greetings in the New Testament letters. And you'll notice that even when the writers are upset, even when they're writing to point out serious problems in the church, that doesn't stop them from using the greeting of beloved to refer to the people they're writing. Because no matter what we do or don't do, it doesn't change our status as God's beloved. And perhaps they knew that people needed to hear this title over and over again because they struggled to believe it to be true about themselves. Brene Brown, a social work professor at the University of Houston, says that from six years of research, thousands of stories, hundreds of long interviews and focus groups, she found without exception that she could always place people into one of two groups. People who have a deep sense of love and belonging, and people who are always struggling for it, who are always wondering if they're good enough or deserving enough of love and belonging. And she said that there was one variable that always separated the people in these two groups. People who have a strong sense of love and belonging simply believe that they are worth love and belonging. She said they didn't have better or easier lives. They didn't have fewer struggles with addiction or depression. They, did, they hadn't survived fewer traumas or bankruptcies or divorces. But in the midst of all of these struggles, they have developed practices that enable them to hold on to the belief that they are worthy of love. Friends, if you hear nothing else today, hear this. You are worthy of love. You are God's beloved. Not because of anything you've done or anything you will do, because of who God is and who God created each and every one of us to be. You are divinely loved by God. But when you and I hustle for our worthiness, we are not living into our identity as God's beloved. Instead, we are allowing ourselves to be led by fear or anxiety, or scarcity, or giving into the lie that we're never enough. And it's a completely exhausting way to live our lives. In his book, The Life of the Beloved, Henry Nouwen says it this way. He says, are you like me, hoping that some person, thing, or event will come along to give you that final feeling of well-being that you desire? I always kept running around in circles, always looking for someone or something to convince me of my belovedness. But as long as you are waiting for that mysterious moment, you will go on running helter-skelter, always anxious and restless, always lustful and angry, and never fully satisfied. You know that this is the compulsiveness that keeps us going and going and always busy, but at the same time makes us wonder whether we're getting anywhere in the long run. This is the way to spiritual exhaustion and burnout. This is the way to spiritual death. 
But here at Jesus' baptism, God shows us the way that leads to life by allowing ourselves to receive the love of God and to fully believe that we are loved by God. And I want to be clear that my intent is not to preach about a warm, fuzzy kind of love. This love is fierce. It gives us courage. It gives us passion. It gives us strength. When you and I fully live out of our belovedness, we can do even the hardest things in life with God-given courage because we're not trying to earn our love from anyone or anything else. Instead, we can rest assured in the truth that we are already loved. I think acknowledging our own belovedness and living from a place that knows how deeply we are already loved is one of the bravest things that you and I can possibly do because it empowers us with the strength we need to go out and do whatever God is calling us to do in the world, however difficult it may seem. And that's exactly what we see in this text, isn't it? I think it's important to notice what happens after Jesus receives this message about his belovedness. Not only here in Matthew, but also in Mark and in Luke, Jesus leaves his baptism to go out into the wilderness for 40 days where he's tempted by the devil. And Satan again and again mocks and threatens Jesus' identity, saying, if you are really the Son of God, command those stones to be loaves of bread. If you're really the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. You'll be okay, right? Friends, what messages are you hearing these days that threaten your identity as a beloved child of God? What is it that makes you feel as if you're always hustling for your worthiness, trying to fill a hole within you that nothing else seems to fill? And what would your life and my life and our life together in this place begin to look like if we began to live out of a place of belovedness? Near the end of the help, when May Mobley is five years old, Mrs. Leifolt fires Abilene for allegedly stealing a few pieces of silver, which she didn't do. And these are Abilene's words from the scene where she has to tell May Mobley goodbye. Please don't leave, Abby, she say, starting to cry again. I got to go, baby, I'm so sorry. And that's when I start to cry. I don't want to, just gonna make it worse for her, but I can't stop. Why, why don't you wanna see me anymore? Are you going to take care of another little girl? Her forehead is all wrinkled up, just like when her mama fuss at her. Law, I feel like my heart's gonna bleed to death. I take her face in my hands, feeling the scary heat coming off of her cheeks. No, baby, that's not the reason. I don't want to leave you, but how do I put this? I can't tell her I'm fired. I don't want her to blame her mama and make it worse between them. It's just time for me to retire, you my last little girl, I say, because this is the truth, it just ain't by my own choosing. I let her cry a minute on my chest and then I take her face into my hands again. I take a deep breath and I tell her to do the same. Baby girl, I say, I need you to remember everything I told you. Do you remember what I told you? To wipe my bottom good when I'm done? 
no baby, (laughs) the other, about who you are. I look deep into her rich brown eyes and she look into mine. Law, she got old soul eyes like she done lived a thousand years. And I swear I see down inside the woman she gonna grow up to be, a flash from the future. She is tall and straight, she is proud, she got a better haircut, and she's remembering the words I put in her head, remembering even as a grown woman. And then she say it just like I need her to. You is kind, she say, you is smart, you is important. Oh, law, I hug her hot little body to me. I feel like she just done give me a gift. Thank you, baby girl. Friends, the words we believe about ourselves, we carry with us. And I believe these words about Jesus' belovedness were words that he carried with him throughout his entire ministry. And they are words that can carry you and me, too. Because when you and I hear that we are beloved children of God, we begin to believe that we are beloved. And when we begin to believe that we are beloved, we begin to have the courage to live in the world like we are beloved. And when we begin to live in the world like we are beloved, we begin to see others as beloved people too. And when we begin to see others as people who are beloved, we begin to treat them like people who are beloved. And perhaps that helps other people begin to discover their belovedness too. I think God's belovedness is contagious that way. And it has the power to completely transform us. And so, my beloved Calvary, may you allow yourselves to be loved, each and every one of you. May that give you courage to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do, even and especially the hard things. And may you know in the very depths of your being that you are a beloved child of God. God, today we sit and just reflect on the fact fact that we are loved by you. And we let that sink into our souls. For anyone here who is anxious or afraid today, I pray that you would give them peace in knowing that they are a beloved child of God. For anyone here who is exhausted or just overwhelmed with life, I pray that you would give them deep rest in knowing that they too are a beloved child of God. If anyone is here feeling like they have just messed up too much and maybe they've gone too far and they don't know what to do or where to turn, would you give them forgiveness and knowing that they too are a beloved child of God? For those who are grieving and hurting today, would you give them hope in knowing that they are a beloved child of God? God, we thank you for loving us in ways that we can never understand or explain or begin to fathom. 
Help us to know that love and to live out of that love in all that we say and all that we do and everywhere we go. Amen. Well, baptism is only the beginning of Jesus' story as God's beloved. Jesus would go on to live this life of preaching and teaching and healing and showing this unfathomable love of God to others. And that love would ultimately lead him to the cross to make a way for us so that our sin might never separate us from this unfathomable love of God. And so if you would like to talk with someone more about following Jesus, we'd love to visit with you. Or if you'd like to talk about joining this beloved community of faith here at Calvary, where we know and follow Jesus together, we'd love to share with you about that. Or if you'd simply like to pray with someone and to be reminded of your belovedness at a time when maybe it's hard to believe that about yourself, we would love to pray with you. And so however God leads you to respond, our ministers will be in the back ready to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship. Take me 
God, as we come to this part of the service, may we, the beloved, respond as you reach out to us. As your love is free, let our giving be free. As our love is lovely, let our giving to others and back to you be as lovely as your gift to us. And most of all, as you have given sacrificially of your son, may we in turn give sacrificially of all that you have given us in money, in talent, in caring. But most of all, let our love reflect yours. These things we pray in the name of the most beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
I'm mindful that we have several visitors with us today. We're glad you're here, and if you see someone you don't recognize, I hope you will take a moment after worship to greet them and get to know them. Also, we're really glad that Jeremy and Carla are back with us. They've been in Brazil visiting family for the past month, and we're so glad that you're back with us today as well. Please receive this benediction. May you leave today hearing the words that you are a beloved child of God so that you one day might come to believe that you are a beloved child of God so that you one day might have the courage to live in this world as a beloved child of God. Amen.